TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, Michael's back. Oh, 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 oh. You know what time it is, right? Yeah, it's time for the Mom and Michael Hour. We've been doing this for more than a decade, and it's been a blast. Michael Battle, how you doing? I am fantastic. Excited to be talking with you. (laughs) I know. I couldn't wait for this hour to come around. I'm so excited you can always join me. Okay, let's talk about the CDC, Fauci, and all of that, and all the information that we're getting for the BA5, I think it's called, and monkeypox. What's a monkeypox? So, okay, I'm sure you've heard about this. In terms of, like, BA5 or covid um, the, the, the Omicron variant <clears throat> here in Los Angeles, no one's even talking about that anymore because so many of us got it. Uh, either the first iteration of Omicron, which I had when I was in the Twin Cities for Christmas, which I got there, thank you, Twin Cities, um, or the new sub-variant that ran through all of L.A. that I got again uh, uh, about a month and a half ago. The thing that is consuming our news cycle here in Los Angeles, and pretty much any major city in the U.S., is monkeypox. Uh, of course, there aren't as many cases as COVID. You can't get it as easily as COVID. Um, sure, but there is a concentration of it here in Los Angeles. Almost almost 800 cases. I believe the actual count from this morning was 799 cases of monkeypox in California um, as, as of this morning, and 306 of those cases in Los Angeles County. That number seems really, really small. Um, and that, 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 that's the data that, that I'm seeing. And it seems like, oh, it's 300 cases. It's not a big deal. I mean, more people get the flu. What's the problem? I'm no doctor. I, I don't work for, for, for the CDC. I'm just reading the data from the website right now. Um, but I, what I can speak to is the culture of how, how, how this has been messaged out to people uh, around the world in the U.S., but specifically here, especially in Los Angeles, and kind of how people here are, are reacting to it, and that is we just went through COVID where we knew that the, the, the numbers put out there weren't always accurate because there just wasn't enough testing or people didn't realize what they actually had and weren't, weren't going to get tested in the first place. So when I see that 306 confirmed cases in Los Angeles uh, so far, knowing that just a couple months ago it was like two cases, you know, four cases in Los Angeles, I don't have de- uh, any data to support this belief, but I just go, well, that's probably way more. Because, there, again, there isn't enough testing. Uh, people are still learning about this right now. So I'm assuming, hey, this is probably w- way bigger than, they're, than they know yet and then, than they are, are able to tell us. I'm going to do whatever I can to get the vaccine as soon as I can. And I think that's most of my friends, that's the case. And, and of course, as you may have heard in the media, it, it, it's 
mostly mostly affecting men who sleep with other men. Um, and I think it's being put out there as like, oh, well, this is just a gay thing. Uh, and that, of course, is silly because anyone can get it. <laughs> is, is it propagating predominantly in, in, in uh, LGBTQIA plus populations in big cities? Absolutely. Uh, trust all my friends are talking about this. Um, but are there uh, people who, 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 are, who are heterosexual who are getting this? Absolutely. Um, so I don't know what to tell you. Small numbers on the, on the website so far, but I can say that I finally got my first shot. Uh, yesterday morning, first shot of the vaccine. It's, it's a two-shot system. Um, unlike COVID, you, you aren't protected fully until you are, until until you get your second shot, and it has to be two weeks after your second shot. So I got the first one yesterday morning. I'll go you back after your first shot. shot two. You talking about no, after your first shot two, two weeks? No. So what I've read is that you actually don't have protection after the first shot. So with the COVID shot, if you took one just shot of Pfizer. You, right. you had some coverage, you know, that's what they were telling us. But so far, they're not sure if taking just one of the two shots protects you entirely from, 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 from getting monkeypox. So you get the first one, and then, then you go back and get the second shot. And then two weeks after receiving your second shot, the theory is that this will protect you. Although, because this is a new strain of monkeypox going throughout the U.S., um, they actually don't have data, any, any data to support that this, uh, vaccine will protect you fully against this particular strain of monkeypox because they still don't know why it's hit the Western world like it has. It's, it's, it's been in other parts of the world for quite some time. It's often there and suddenly has spread to Europe, the U.S. Uh, almost every part of the planet has a few cases of this uh, high, highly contagious strain of monkeypox that, again, they don't know why it is spreading. So I don't want to freak anybody out. You know, I live in a big city. Uh, we're talking about it here amongst my social circles because it's right in front of our face. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we want to go out with your friends and go out and have a drink with our friends and be able to go try on clothes uh, and, you know, hug somebody that you see on the street and say hello without worrying about, you know, oh, I hugged this person. I might get this. So I think people are just in an abundance of caution and trying to not have a repeat of what we saw in the early COVID days saying, What's that you said? A vaccine? So we are running to go get the vaccine as we can. But of course, there aren't enough uh, shots of the vaccine to supply all those who want it. So what happens when you take the monkeypox? Have they said, you know, be cautious of this, don't eat certain things, don't do this, don't exercise? I mean, there are always precautions. What have you heard? Once you take it, then what? So once you take it, it's kind of kind of like the, the COVID vaccine, where you know it just a bit depends on how your body reacts to it. Um, uh, Joey got his shot, and he felt a bit more uh, light fever, a bit you know more lightheaded. Uh, it's the same thing where you wait there 15 minutes after receiving it to see if it has any effect, or if you have an allergic reaction rather to it. Um, I so far, like I just I'm exhausted today. <laughs> it's, I actually I'm having the same experience as I had with the COVID vaccine, where the first day, I didn't really feel it. And day two today, I'm definitely feeling it. I'm really tired. I just feel a bit more run down. Um, my neck hurts. My head kind of hurts. But, you know, that's, it's not, not, not nearly as bad as the reaction I experienced from um, my first COVID shot. So it's very mild. You know, you're just a little bit run down as your body uh, reacts to getting this vaccine. And then, again, I'll get the second shot in four weeks, assuming it is available still. 
and go from there. So I, I say all that, but I want to add to that that people aren't freaking out about this. They're concerned, you know, and we're looking at, again, what happened before with COVID, but people are living their lives. I, I went to dinner uh, Friday evening. No, Saturday evening. I got the shot that morning, went to, went to dinner that night, packed restaurant, um, went to brunch this morning. It was packed. I mean, people are still going to go out and see their friends and their loved ones and try not to lose it in this crazy world we live in right now. But um, it's just strange, yet again, lining up to get a vaccine here in Los Angeles. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. Um, you were hearing about different cities like New York City and monkeypox. And, and of course, with COVID, you know, it spreads so fast. And um, it still bothers me when I think about 2019 and how uh, the president at that time knew that this virus of COVID was, you know, here in the United States and didn't do anything about it. Anyway, that's me as I digress. But I am saying that I am concerned about these, you know, you've got Omicron, you've got monkeypox, you've got BA5, you've got, you know, and and COVID is still raging as well. And so how do you keep going out and just saying, I'm just going to go out no matter what? Or do you finally say, maybe it's time for me to start looking and say, I should stay indoors a little longer or a little for a little while now just to see um, because I'm noticing more and more people out in public. Um, I wouldn't say groups and groups of people by any means, but, you know, I've been seeing three, four people walk together, have their mask on, right? Um, go to mm-hmm. a restaurant and people come in with their mask on and then take them off. Um, so I'm just curious, do you wear a mask now or no? Mostly, no. I mean, if, if I'm in an Uber, I'll wear a mask. If I'm on a plane, I'm definitely going to have a mask on the entire time in an airport. Um, but, if, again, if I'm at brunch, if I'm at dinner, if I'm at a nightclub, if I'm at a bar, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. Is that the safest choice? I don't know. But uh, it's, I think people should do what makes them feel safest. Uh, I don't think L.A. will ever go back into lockdown. I don't think, I don't think actually, they, they were considering putting the mask mandate back in. And then they said, no, I'm assuming that happened because they got the they heard that no one's going to follow that. Um, You know, as a big city in the U.S., Los Angeles was under lockdown during the first wave of COVID longer than most other other cities. So people literally lost their minds here. Uh, You know, it was it had effects. And I think we've all, of course, worldwide, uh, but in big cities in the U.S., it changed people. And our tolerance to go do, do that again, I think, is just so reduced. Um, and it'd be one thing if it was one issue. But to your point, you have all of these viruses and, and potential challenges. Are we in a recession? Are we not? Who knows? At the same time, people are still very much employed, and they have money in the bank, and they have money to spend, and they want to go spend it, and they want to go live their lives because – it's so easy to get caught up in, in, in all the, the fear of what's going on in this country. So we need escape. We need to go out and stop thinking about it for a little bit and do what we can to stay safe, but enjoy the best parts of life, the, the, the love, the friendship uh, that makes this all worthwhile. Well, I have to say, it doesn't feel like that to me. I don't feel like people are freaking out. I really don't. It seems like people are quite relaxed and, like you said, want to live their lives. Now, I am thrilled that they closed the fitting rooms, you know, in all of, like, in Macy's. I've been in Macy's and a couple other stores, and they have closed. Yeah, they, their, their fitting rooms are not open, especially in the kids' uh, uh, area or certain, um, like, um, 
uh, the baby area, you know, nobody's going to try an outfit on babies, but still to be careful. I mean, just think people that love to go to thrift stores and find some really funky, glorious things and they try it on. Of course, do you say monkeypox is not there or do you say, ah, who knows who the last person was? Wait, so I want, I want to step step back on that. So is that is that a new thing? Because last time I went out shopping, everything was very much open. So who's closed a, a, a fitting room and where? And was it because of monkeypox or was it because of COVID? Oh, I have no idea. There was no one to answer that question. I am telling you, I looked down that long aisle with all those clothes <clears throat> from babies to children, you know, um, Saren's age, right? And mm-hmm. I was just stunned. No one was there to help us. No one had a fit uh, a fit fitting room open. I just went, wow. Where do we have to go to the kitchen section to find a fitting? <laughs> just <laughs> trying to figure it out what what do you have to do? But we Can never try on did. This pan, please. I want to just see <laughs> if this, how this pan might fit. I want to hold it, you know? breathe on it a little I, bit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah please. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad uh, to hear well, how yeah. you know casual, not really casual, but how knowledgeable you are about it. First of all, you're staying on top of it, and that you're not afraid at all. And because I fear, literally, I fear that what happened with HIV when they told us it was all a gay thing, and yeah. it wasn't, yep. right? That's it's correct. all lies. And so my fear is that they're going to do that again here. It sounded like it at first because all of the places where I heard about monkey pox, uh, the stations that I look at, they were all saying, you know, this is basically, you know, really affecting gay men. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, and, and and again, that messaging was so challenging for us because it's like, we're, hey, those those same outlets were around during the '80s. Didn't we learn our lesson then? You can't message a thing like this that I mean, viruses don't care about orientation. So again, yes, that it is that it is propagating in those circles initially. Alert us, absolutely, but don't don't spread that out as well. Don't worry about it. It's just the gays. Like that's how HIV went nuts. Well, first they ignored it. Don't forget that. They ignored it for for a very long time before they actually acknowledged what was going on. Right. So this is not that. At least it is being acknowledged as a huge step forward than what happened back then. Um, but to tell people, you know, it's, it's, or to insinuate in the way it's being reported that it's just us, uh, I think is just the, the wrong way to approach it. Because anyone, anywhere can get it, as we are already starting to see right now. It does not care about your orientation. Well, stay tuned. We have more to talk about in just a moment. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. 
See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. I start singing in the song immediately. <laughs> Criminals. Anyway, hey now, welcome back. Love that you are joining us tonight. You are listening to the Mom and Michael Hour with my son, Michael Battle, all the way from Los Angeles. I love this hour, and I hope you do too. Hey, Michael, it's always great yeah. to have you, honey. Um, I'm curious to, to know, here. you really uh, have become a foodie, and you really enjoy trying out different things, unique things, incredible things. And I'm just curious, do you trust uh, the food system that we have right now? In fact, um, do you trust the food that you get, whether it's from your favorite stores or maybe you are too far away from that and you have to stop and get organic, um, you know, foods or vegetables and fruit and vegetables at at maybe a small farm that had a little, you know, where you can get fresh jelly and all this kind of stuff. What do you prefer and how do you trust it? What, What do you consider do you have a, a list of things that you look for? Well, I'll say this. Uh, I very much um, patently buy into the L.A. way, which is like if it's expensive, it must be okay, which oh, is wow. silly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh-huh. you know, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to a, <clears throat> a nice restaurant or, or a, 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 a renowned food truck. Uh, on the street and go, well, this food truck is clean because it's famous or because, you know, people love it, as opposed to going to a food truck that I think seems a bit more run down and think, well, that food's not going to be clean. Because, as you know, food trucks are a huge thing here in Los Angeles. So that there are are even, you know, perceived echelons of food truck is ridiculous. It's still somebody on a truck cooking your food. (laughs) There's, you know, you just hope that that, 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 uh, kitchen on the truck is hot enough to burn off the bacteria because street food always has a certain amount of bacteria in it. Um, so that's the LA thing. But if I'm going to a grocery store, you know, I'm a big whole foods fan. I think you've known that for a long time. That's my thing. But yeah, if it's organic, I want to go for it. But at the end of the day, if, if you're in a, in a location or, or where you can't find the brand that you're, you're looking for, if there isn't a whole foods or in many people's cases, if you're in, in a food desert, where the, you know there aren't fresh, there isn't fresh food at all. It's like you're going to go with what you can get. And I think back to me in my twenties. You know, for me, it was it wasn't about is this a brand I trust? Is it organic? It was is it on sale? <laughs> it was like can right, I get right. you know two, two packets of turkey burgers on sale? Oh, it's two for one. Great, that's what I'm having tonight. Whatever brand that is, because that's I can eat that and it's on sale. So uh, my my pickiness. And with food is is um, a privileged one. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think about some of the southern states that are really suffering right now, like Kentucky with these horrific flooding and, you know, so many states that are having it hard where, okay, there's so much heat and no water, you know. Uh, a lot of our um, rivers and lakes are being just, I mean, they're coming down to nothing. So we're changing very fast, even though we've been changing and we've been told that climate change is happening. But the food is always being affected by all of this. And I'm just curious because you guys really put a great, great thought into the type of food that you want to have and you trust it when you go to a restaurant and you see uh, part of the rest of the um, 
um, the cooks in the back or the chefs in the back. Mm-hmm. That's really important. I look for it all the time. And I notice some places have kind of covered it up with wood or, you know, with little slats in them. And you can't really see them anymore. Like it used to be craves downtown Minneapolis. You would go and see the sushi chef making everything. And you just kind of go, oh, I can't wait to get that. You know, your own cousin used mm-hmm. to work there. and He was amazing. But when I looked at this article uh, from back in March, and it talks about, you know, how many Americans really trust their food and their food system. And it's interesting. Here's, here's what surprised me between the Gen Z and millennials uh, driving these trends like you and Joey, right? Mm-hmm. 24% of U.S. adults strongly trust information about where food is grown and how it is produced. For Gen X, I'm sorry, Gen Z, the high trust level is just about 17%, right? So the adults, mm-hmm. 24%, the Gen Zs, the 17%. Then you go over and it says Gen Z and millennials are two and a half times more likely than baby boomers to pay for sustainable and responsibly sourced food. And that's 2.5 times of Gen Zs and millennials that believe that. Now that's fascinating. And then finally, Gen Z and millennials are nearly two times more likely than baby boomers to want to know where their food source came from. Where, what do you and Joey do? Do you look up where it comes from? Do you ever ask those questions or you just say, hey, it's Whole Foods. It's got to be good. It's whole. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I, I think the, 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 the percentage, percentages you just read out are very much in line with how we operate. Um, we are older, mil, mil, words, millennials, um, but uh, that's why I shop at Whole Foods because I have given them an, an enormous amount of trust, and I say if I'm buying it here, I believe that it's going to be of higher quality, more organic, uh, and in some cases also m- m- more sustainable than if I were to buy this at a different grocery chain. Uh, so it kind of leans back into that perception, kind of that L.A. thing where I haven't done any research to that. That I have no idea where Whole Foods is actually getting these items or if the, or if the, if the produce that I'm getting or the meat that I'm getting is, and in fact, um, a better option than going somewhere else, but I trust them. So they've earned my trust. I've given it to them, and I say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purchase my groceries from here. And, yes, there are certain restaurants that if I go there and, and, and they have the, you know, the trendy phrase on them, farm to table, uh, it, it has that same perception where I'm getting fr- fresher, better food that's produced in a way that maybe is hurting the world less. Is that my driving factor when I, when I decide where to go spend my money to go eat? No. But there are young people, to the point of the article you were just talking about, that definitely that drives their, their decision-making, where they say, hey, I want to make sure I'm doing what I can to save the planet long-term, even if it feels small. Um, but as you began talking about, we're, we're seeing the effects of climate change in, in such a um, big way right now. So I think people are just reaching for ways to help uh, in, in the face of such a big challenge. Yeah, and it's a challenge for me, you know, to really stay focused on looking into the difference, you know, what happens when you get from farm to fork, as it mentions in this article. What happens during that, you know, that, that little gray um, massive thing? <laughs> because farm and for- farm to fork is a big deal. A whole lot happens between farm and fork. Um, so a lot of us don't think about it. We go to a restaurant. We love the food. We like the people that own it, like small restaurants and that sort of thing. I'm so into that. But I don't ask those questions like, oh, where, you know, 
where did you get these tomatoes? Or, you know, how long did it take from farm to fork? Or I don't ask those questions. I just taste it. And by the way, can I just say, sauces have changed my life. I'm always looking for the sauces that taste better than the food. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the other thing. Uh, there, are, there are countless documentaries out there that dive into this very issue. And I don't watch them because I find them all to be depressing. There was one that Joey watched, I think, about five, six years ago that was about meat production in the U.S. And he went, like, vegetarian for a month after watching it because it was just so much. He's like, you should watch this. And I said, absolutely not. I saw some of that. Yeah, I saw some of that. (laughs) I didn't lose a pound. I want you to know it did not matter. (laughs) Not even. Hey, Michael, we got to take a break. I want to hear the rest of that story. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It is now 1041 here at WCCO. My goodness, the time is flying. Welcome back to the Mom and Michael Hour. Okay, son, we've talked about food. And, of course, allergens, food allergens have really hit you hard over the years. And I know this year the big nine food allergens that were talked about um, on in the news was uh, more than 170 foods have been reported to cause allergic reactions. But eight major food allergens, also known as the Big Eight, are responsible for most of the serious food allergy reactions in the U.S., according to the Food Allergy Research and Education. See, I don't know who they are. Do I believe in them? I don't know. I don't it's, it's know. It's me. That, that's my personal club. And I just list all the things <laughs> I'm, I'm allergic to, to to normalize them all. See, oh. like, see? the committee said these are normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what this committee said. Okay, yeah. milk. Milk accounts for the highest currency of food allergy in infancy. Um, milk allergy is typically associated with an immune reaction against a specific protein. So are you allergic to milk? Uh, not allergic to. I just have lactose intolerance, which I learned from my allergies, <laughs> allergist. Wait, wait, say that one more time. <laughs> oh, tell me how. Uh, it, he, he couldn't. He, he didn't explain it further than that. But there, there's an actual allergy where, where there's an actual blood, like a cell reaction to the food itself, where you, are, you have an allergic reaction to it, uh, or rather, I should say, an, an, an immune reaction to it. Uh, yeah, you said a blood where, reaction to it. Right. Like, like they can test your blood and 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 see that your blood reacts to that that particular food oh, as, oh, okay. with an allergic reaction, which is and and. Which is a uh, word, <laughs> an immune response versus an intolerance, which is just you kind of can't digest it very well. Um, oh. So I don't have a. There are people who have a, you know, a milk allergy who you know their body uh, says, "Oh, this shouldn't be here," and it reacts. Whereas mine just says, "Why, why are you doing this?" You know, it's a very different response <laughs> in in the body where uh, I just don't digest it very well. But um, you should ask who had a double scoop of salt and straw ice cream today you you know because it's summertime and i had to get the (laughs) waffle cone because it's late july it's hot it was a beautiful day of course i got a huge thing of ice cream you know i was raised in minnesota it was delicious so michael Uh can i can i ask you a question the way you just explained uh intolerance versus allergy can we as someone who is intolerant as i've been told many times of everything under the sun um could we get you as the spokesperson to to explain that? Because that was a, that was well explained. You know, you try to explain stuff to people like that, and the way you said it was great. We need to get you on like a YouTube clip and have have cartoons drawn, and you just sort of uh, you voice the cartoons. That'd be great. Well, 
you know what, I'll, I'll submit that to the committee, uh, which is me, and see if that can get passed. And, you know, we'll see if, we'll see if the group wants to put that YouTube channel out there ex- explaining the people who have all the things uh, and can't eat any of the things but still do what it makes them sick. But thank you. Yes, and it's not my explanation. It's how my allergist explained it to me. Um, but I'm sure the rest of that list are going to include a lot of food that people are allergic to, some are intolerant to, but people still eat. I'm, I'm assuming there's peanuts on there. Um, I'm assuming there's grass on there because I've run into a lot of people who have a very weird allergy to grass, which sounds crazy. I'm talking about food, there. though. I'm talking about food. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. We're talking about food. Okay, so what other foods are on there? Let, let, let me see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Wheat, gluten, peanuts, dairy, eggs, um, soybeans. Soy, yeah, soy. Uh, I can't remember the other two. Are these your like, allergies? Fi- like like sh- uh, shellfish or something? Not shellfish. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. Shellfish. What else? I can't. I can't. I can't remember the last one. <laughs> okay. Let me give you. Let me give you the list. Milk, eggs, fish, shellfish. Tree nuts, peanuts, wheat, soybean, allergen labeling. What is that? The big eight allergies, allergens, must be declared on any processed food in accordance to the Food Allergen Labeling and Consumer Protection Act. There's a Protection Act. You should be getting better, Michael. You did, (laughs) did you? No, (laughs) I didn't. I don't know. Wait a minute. I just wanted to, I, briefly, I just wanted to finish the, the story about the documentary about the meat. Cause, okay. So, 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 so the, the documentary was called What the Health. It's from 2017. It was okay. very, very right. popular. And That's H-E-A-L-T-H, health. What the hell? <laughs> yes, thank you. Th, <laughs> yeah. Th at the end, yeah. What? The health. By the way, it's it's about. it's ten it's ten forty five. We can say that on the air. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. No, don't listen to him. Don't was, listen to him. It was a big hit. <laughs> Joey watches. Literally, I, I believe he actually went full vegan for a month and made fun of me for eating meat. But I was like, "But you love steaks." So I just kept talking about steak and saying that we should go to a steak restaurant and like cooking burgers. I was like, "Oh, doesn't that smell delicious?" And eventually, I wore him down, and now he's back to being a, a, a red meat lover. Um, because I couldn't do it. I, I love steaks and burgers and chicken and all the things. But we watched another do- documentary during the pandemic. Uh, it was a 2021 film called Seaspiracy on Netflix, and it was terrible. It sounded like some 20-year-old got a camera that his parents bought him and flew all around the world, and it was the, the narrative was completely disjointed. It made no sense. It didn't really get to a point. By the end of it, it just said, well, you can, you can never eat fish because it's killing people and turtles on the planet. And I was like, well, this is dumb. I'm going to go eat some fish now. Because it didn't give me any, any solutions, a path forward. It just made me feel bad. <laughs> so I tend to avoid those kinds of documentaries because they often end that way, where there's just nothing you can do besides not eating all meat, all fish, whatever it is. And that's just that, for me, doesn't work at all. Yeah, I actually talked to, I ran into, in fact, in uh, Canada, um, I ran into a nutritionist and she had written uh, a book and she's also on the speaker certainly and, and very well respected. And she found out I was, I had tried to become a vegan, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out, Michael. I mean, seriously, man, you know, just some nuts and some, you know, whatever falls from the tree, you know, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> so, you know, finally I said to her, I said, well, you know, I'm going to add more protein 
you know, because nuts, I don't feel like it's giving me enough. And she said, you're going to die. You're eating the wrong way. You're going to die. I mean, she literally said this to me. You are going to die. And I said, what? No, uh-uh. She says, yeah, you're going to die. I said, how? Why? And she said, because you need to eat. If you're going to be a vegetarian, there are certain groups of food you have to eat. You absolutely have to feed. Now, if you want to be a meat, red meat lover, it's not good for you, but you can do it once a month or once every three months. You know, and I'm sitting there going, three months without a steak? But do you know, it has come to that for me. I hardly ever eat steak. Your aunt just made steaks from heaven. I mean, they were it, it was so good. And I ate my share of steak, and it was great. But I didn't have to eat rice or bread with it. I just ate steak and peas mm-hmm. and I felt satiated I felt great about it same thing with what I drink you know I have to be careful I don't drink soda or pop or whatever you call it what do they call it in LA is it soda or pop there's soda out here it is soda but, out there but but, but but when I first moved here like I knew that but I would slip up and still say pop and I went to go see a movie once and, and I, it, it was a theater I hadn't gone to before and I, I said to the person at the counter getting concessions, totally genuine, what flavors of pop do you have? And he was like, salted, caramel corn, uh, buttered. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? And then I realized he had no idea what I was talking about when I said pop. He thought I was just saying like pop, like popcorn. I was like, no, no, soda, sorry. What do you have for soda? <laughs> it's been a raging fight for a long time. Hey, we got to take a break, Michael. And we'll be back to wrap this up in just a moment. Okay, I'm so sorry, Michael. It took me a little time to get back. But, of course, we're going to talk about plant-based uh, burgers very quickly. Um, you remember when Burger King release, released it in 2019? Oh, yeah. I, but I think that was a partnership with Impossible, Impossible Burger, though, right? Yeah, Impossible Burger. And it sounds like the whole burger was impossible. Did you ever taste it? So, But, but the, the, the Impossible Burger is actually its own brand that, that does partnerships with various places. There, uh-huh. There's a few restaurants here that, that has the same one. Uh, I've never tasted it because, not that's true, I've taken one bite before. It's okay. I'm allergic to everything in meatless meat products. Um, so I can't be vegan or vegetarian ever. I can't eat almost anything that's used to make those products. So, you know, woe is me. i got to stick to delicious, real beef cooked sizzling and salty and fantastic. I got to stick to it. You know, oh no. So you, so let me ask you this. When it comes down to what we're going to eat, how do you, how do you feed 7 billion people on this planet? So would you eat like ants and cockroaches and, you know, grasshoppers for protein? Uh, ants and grasshoppers, sure. Not the cockroach. Absolutely not. I mean, which is weird because I'll eat a lobster and that's close enough. But no, <laughs> I won't be eating any cockroaches. <laughs> Um, but again, I, I, my personal preferences are not the answer for the planet. I just literally can't eat all the vegetarian. I can't be a vegetarian. I cannot be a vegan. Uh, I can't eat those fresh foods, uh, in place of protein or rather to get my protein. I, I'm allergic to all of them. So how do you live, honey? How do you stand? How do you, how do you walk upstairs? How do you, wa- how? Cows. I eat them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, sir, is so the good. correct answer. That's the correct <laughs> answer. You know. Oh, my gosh. Michael, I love you so much. I love you, I love you so too. very much. You take care of yourself, and I can't wait right. to see you whenever I can. Okay? Yes. Yeah, I love All you. All right. Good night, honey. All right, everyone. Thank you for sticking and staying with us, and thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for tonight. You always do a good job. We'll see you next Sunday. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.